This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello, welcome to Three Peeps in the Podcast, the bonus show. Matt, you are with me, and you were with me all day yesterday. Um what a treat. Pick, yeah, it must have been a great day for you. Uh, yeah. 7 a.m., picked me up, and then we drove up to Rotherham, and then we watched England in the farm village over at Emerson's Green. Um, let's get that covered off, first of all. England played well. Obviously, it was um, unfortunate that Harry Kane couldn't slot that second penalty in. And as much as we should be used to this, it never gets any easier, does it? No, it doesn't. And I've seen a few more than you, mate. But yeah, I, it's difficult to criticise England for me last night. I, I thought they played really well. They thought they were the better side. Um, and it's moments, isn't it? It's moments. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, for, for me... Kane should have had a penalty in the first half. I thought it looked like it was on the line. I think Saka was fouled in their build-up to the first one. I don't think he he made you know more out of it than he should have done. And it's it's little margins like that. I didn't think the ref was great, um, but I guess fundamentally they they scored two. We scored one, didn't they? So absolutely, that's the way it goes. But I hope I hope you know Kane doesn't face any kind of fans no. backlash and stuff because it it took a lot of character, didn't it? To to kind of take the second one and he's probably never done that in his life you know it was just such a bad pen wasn't it so oh, absolutely yeah okay um we'll we'll bring in our guests so we've got uh tom with us who tom tom lives up in uh up north scunthorpe tom is it yeah i don't like to say it's gone <laughs> yeah <laughs> a, a short journey for you yesterday compared to ours but always always a pleasure to see you um and we've got alan agar with us as well alan how are you sir yeah, not too bad. Thanks, Patch. Yeah, brilliant. So I'll come to you, Tom, first. Your thoughts on the game last night, first of all? Um, I thought we played very well. I think we were just very, very unlucky. Um, I'm still not convinced if it should have been a penalty in the first half. I think I think it was just slightly outside the box, but I've only watched it once, and that was through about 10 pints of Carlin, so I can't really <laughs> comment too much on it. But absolutely gutted, but I'm... Really, really proud of the, of the team. I think we've come a long way from when we had Roy Hodgson in charge, and I'm very much one to want Southgate to stay on as well. So I think we're going to progress very well, especially with the team we've got. I think it's such a golden generation of young talent. Yeah, absolutely. Al, for you, yeah, pretty similar, really. I mean, I, I think the the penalty decision in the first half that Tom's just said about. I think it was just outside the outside as well, but it's just weird. Weird by VAR like review it, mm. so you know it's a foul, <laughs> but then they just just say, "Oh no," because it, it's bizarre, isn't it? If, if that happens in the middle of the park, it doesn't get overturned, but because it's near the penalty area, yeah. it's, it's just ridiculous. Is, is it something that they can only rule on it being a penalty or not, and not actually I, whether it's a free kick, and therefore, yeah, because I, it, they rule yeah, it one a penalty, really then yeah, which seems a strange seems, one, doesn't it? Yeah, um, but um, no, but I think generally England played well. I thought, I thought we were the better side, and I'm, I'm with Tom. I think Southgate hopefully he'll stay on for the Euros. He says he's got a good crop of youngsters. Um, Nathan would say we probably do need to get another striker. Someone get someone in. Yeah, and also 
the likes of Stones and Maguire probably it may have one more tournament in. I'm not sure, but yeah. generally, good nucleus of players. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Right, we'll uh, we'll have to park the World Cup now for four more years, <clears throat> and we'll come on to more positive matters. And that was a a three-one victory for Bristol City up at Rotherham. And Matt, it was going to be interesting to see how both sides adapted to being out of competitive action for four four weeks um and there were early signs of ring rust and lee's three words in fact were ring rust removed yeah i mean we, we talked about it going out didn't we the um we we've not traditionally it seems over the last few years and under a number of managers started off very well after an international break um or a, a break of any sort of kind um, I remember under Johnson when we had that break for COVID and we were in and around the playoffs and came back and absolutely fell away, didn't we? So mm. it was always going to be interesting, interesting in terms of some of the injuries coming back. So, we, you know, we we were thinking that Naismith probably would feature, um, wasn't sure if he would start or not. Um, so that that was going to be interesting. But yeah, I mean, Roth- Rotherham's a difficult place to go. They, 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 they've got some decent players. We've not traditionally done very well there, so um, I was kind of going with the hope of three, but probably only expecting one at best, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we get into the starting lineup and go through the motions, we always do start with our how are we out of 10, and it was a mixed bag yesterday. Uh, as I said, a good performance up at Rotherham, and then rushing back to watch England, uh, but Got to look on the positive. So, Matt, how are you out of 10 this morning? I'm probably a six, if I'm honest, because I am I am gutted. I, I think um, England had a real opportunity, um, especially when you've seen some of the other results. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I am a bit gutted this morning. So, yeah, I'm probably a six. Yeah, no, I'll definitely join you on a six def- deflation. Um, but, obviously, we've got championship football back, so that, yeah. that always brings you brings you back up and to get a win as well a win away and a win after a, a four-month break I think we have to focus on on that so yeah six uh, would would obviously be a, a seven but not for uh, for England Tom yeah yeah I'm a seven um one thing I do like about football is um especially international football living up here is quite lonely being a Bristol City fan sometimes because no one else <laughs> supports them so it, it's nice to um, everyone to come together in the pub and get behind the team and when we score a goal it's almost like City scoring a goal for me yeah. so I, I go yeah. balmy but yes sir I got, I got to watch City win and then got to go to the pub and have a really good evening so yeah definitely good seven You mentioned the pub there Matt obviously we went to the Boatman was it called the Boatman? No the, the Blue Coat The Blue Coat yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. a Weatherspoons um, up the back up the hill into, into Rotherham Town Centre I assume and walking up there, we literally didn't see a soul. And then we get into this pub, we and it's the one, absolutely we the rammed. One, we passed the one guy with his son, or you assume his son, in shorts, and it was yeah. freezing. And then, yeah, it was like the dead zone, wasn't it? We sort of get to the pub. There were a couple of people stood on the steps outside, and we walked in, and there literally was only a, a two-seater table in the corner with only yeah. one seat, wasn't it, available yeah. on three floors. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, good food there and a good couple yeah. of points. Yeah, Tom came to meet us and Darren was there as well with Jim. So uh, great to see them and the boys always. So, yeah. Al, how are you at 10? Yeah, I'd probably go with Tom, seven really. Obviously, the England game was a disappointment, but I had a great day yesterday, obviously, with Jack. Um, it was a good experience, really. Yeah, even let's come for on me, to that. Really, let's even come on for to me, that. really. And it was a good city win. 
Yeah, let's come on to that quickly. Uh, your your boy Jack was the away day mascot. How does that even sort of come about? Do you have to apply for that? What's the process? Well, because like Matt just said, I think they do do it. It's not common knowledge. Um, so Jack was originally scheduled to be the away mascot at Nottingham Forest back in March 2020. And we all know what happened there. So um, he's, he's been nagging me to say, where am I going to be away mascot? Away, away mascot? And there's an actual, I think there's, there used to be a woman down the city ground who organised all the away mascots, and I dealt with her. Um, but So I just kept messaging Jerry Tockle, basically. And he obviously, I think, that, I think on the back of COVID, a lot of clubs are a bit reluctant for obvious reasons to mm. let people do stuff. So I just kept messaging Jerry and Jack was if Jack seen Jerry, he'd ask him and that. Um, so Jerry came back to me a couple of months ago and said, Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll look into it. He said, At the moment, there's only Rotherham or Millwall. Right. <laughs> and he said, You probably didn't want to go to Millwall as a way mascot. I said, No, probably not. Um, <laughs> so I asked him, but of course, because we go with our friends Danny and Frankie, I said, Oh, what's the chances of having two mascots? But in the end, it did, did transpire and Danny and Frankie didn't come anyway. So Jerry said to me, yeah, we've got it. And um, that was it, really. So he, he gave me the details. I had to fill out a form to Jack, to Jerry, and he emailed it off to this woman called Lizzie at Rotherham. Oh, right. And I just got I got to meet there about 10 o'clock, quarter past 10 yesterday morning. Oh, great. And Jack had a great time. He, uh, we saw him on the pitch beforehand and obviously coming yeah. out with the team. He enjoyed himself. Yeah, so we went... Obviously, we got there. There was five Rotherham mascots and Jack was the away mascot. So his picture was in the programme, um, which he got signed. We went into the city dressing room before the game and met, met a little players and that. So he got all his programmes signed and that. And we would eat like it, it, Jack's favourite player is Alex Scott. So he was like in his element yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say Alex Scott's shin pads are literally about that big. He showed us some. I well, can't believe it. For, for the listeners, obviously, you're holding up about a, a, yeah. a two inch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly, it was ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, so we chatted with some of the players and that. Asked Semenya how he got on in the World Cup. And he says, yeah. amazing experience. And then, like you said, he, he went on the pitch and he walked out with Alex Scott. Um, he got his, he was a bit reluctant to get his, because Jack's got a city shirt, the, the Robin shirt with no, Alex Scott and seven on the back. Mm. And I said to him, well, you need to get it signed. He said, no, no, I don't want it signed because I went not to wear it again. <laughs> so I said to him when we were in the changing rooms, I said, look, if you want it signed, I'll have to get you a new shirt. So Alex Scott signed it. And then we went when we finished the dressing room, the Rover and mascots went upstairs and we were just sat in the reception. And then Scott Murray came out, good old Scotty, and I just asked him, so can you still get the, the kids' shirts? I said, because Alex has signed this back of his shirt, and I've got to get him a new shirt now with all Alex Scott on the back. He said, Scott Murray, credit, he said, don't do that. I'll get you Alex Scott's shirt after the game. <laughs> I said, really? And Jack, Jack's face was like, he, he couldn't believe what he was saying. So Scotty Murray said, yeah, meet me after the game, outside the players' entrance, whatever. So yeah, so we managed to get Alex Scott's shirt, and it got right. signed as well. Oh, so amazing. fair play to Scotty Murray, fair play to Alex Scott. Jack loved it yesterday. Brilliant day. What a story. No, and great. And fair, play, fair, and fair play to Rotherham as well. They were really accommodating. I'm going to drop him an email. I've got an email Jerry and he's going to pass on the thanks. Yeah. Does no, that mean you've great. still got to buy an Alex Scott <laughs> shirt not signed, a Robin shirt not signed? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know about that. 
he might, oh, might have to still yeah. might have to <laughs> but, um yeah but, yeah, but, uh, good. I, so yeah all, all you all you just do you just buy the match tickets and obviously make your own way up and you just right. meet whoever it is they meet you so That's i great. think they do do the mascots but it's not common knowledge and That's i was awesome. chatting to matt parsons he said always oh, he had a good day in that he said it's better being the way mascot he said because you're you're on your own and you don't have to pay for it <laughs> oh brilliant no thanks for sharing that story another great um scott murray story that we've heard you know so many uh, yeah. of over the over the last few days with the 25th anniversary since he signed for city um and a fantastic video that um that the club produced with the help of some former players so it was uh great to see that and and um yeah as always you never you're never Never surprised when you hear a, a a Scott Murray story like that. Um, right, let's get on to the starting lineup. So we went Max O'Leary, a back three of George Tanner, Andy King, and Cal Naismith, Andy Vyman, and Cam Pring out wide uh, as wingbacks. Joe Williams, Matty James, and Alex Scott with Naki Wells and Tommy Conway at top. Matt, any big surprises for you in there? Obviously, Viner and De Silva out ill was you know something we we didn't know about until no. the team was announced so uh yeah it was just who was going to slot in for them i guess probably the one was was andy king um playing at the back um but because of the injuries with with or the illness with zach viner i don't think you would necessarily have wanted to play two left footers so King, uh, sorry, um, Atkinson and Naismith in there. Um, and in fairness to King, he played really well against Watford. So I I could understand why Pearson went with that. Um, I'm not sure we had too many other options. Um, obviously, you always have that that debate up front, but I think Tommy and Naki are, are most people's front two at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all, all things being equal, it was probably the side I expected. Um Good to see George Tanner continuing to sort of you know get game time. That's only going to improve him in the future, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. actually, uh, for you, Tom, any any big surprises? You know, Andy Vyman continuing in the right wing back role. I think it's a case of getting Andy Vyman on the pitch. You know, he's not going to play up top with Wells and Conway performing so well. Alex Scott in that sort of more advanced position as well. So happy with Andy Vyman right wing back. Yeah, I mean, I think it was last year against Blackburn, wasn't it, when he scored the last-minute winner? I was furious when he was playing there. But yesterday, I'm sure we'll come on to it, he just didn't really do anything at all, all game. I can't remember us playing it to the right. I can't really remember him doing anything of any value, really, to the team yesterday. But He was quite, um, he was quite yeah. often in a lot of space, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, he had lots of space. And like I said, well, I'm sure we'll come on to it in a bit. But for me, I think the mass, biggest surprise in the squad was probably Andy King and everything what Matt said. And I didn't actually um, I didn't actually um, think in my head that um, we should have had two left-footers centre-back playing in a free. But it is what it is. And it turns, turns out that it was the correct decision as well for Nigel Pearson. Yeah. All right, let's get into the game. Early goings, Alan. Uh, it was evidence from both sides, really, of not having played competitively for some time. There was a wayward path from Naismith that set Rotherham off. Shots were coming in. Max was making a few saves. And the first sort of 15 minutes, it was really Rotherham. All Rotherham. Yeah, I mean, I think their um their number 10 was causing us a bit of problems. Then their, their, their wing back, if you will. Um, what was his name? Uh, Kofi, uh, but Kofi, Brooke, yeah. yeah, Brooke Norton, Cuffey, Kofi, yeah, on, he, on loan he, from Arsenal, yeah, yeah, 
yeah, he was causing a lot of problems. And like you said, I think there's a lot of, like you said, they haven't played for a few, well, near enough for a month. Yeah. So it's probably just trying to ease their way back into it. And like you said, Naismith, he's, he's good going forward, but you just think, oh, like you said, you alluded to some of the misplaced passes and stuff. And you think, oh, no, here we go again. But we settled, we settled down after a while. After a while. Yeah, we shut down. And, and Matt, in that first 15 minutes, there, there was uh, quite a few passes going across the face of goal, which you're taught <laughs> as a schoolboy to not do. Um, so you have to be quite accurate with that. And there was a bit of nervousness. There was a few, wasn't there, where, where from where we were in the away end, it looked like, oh, crikey, if the, the striker had just anticipated that slightly better, he would have cut it out. And mm. um, a number of times... Um, the ball got played into that channel with with Campering and, and Cam was getting a bit of a uh, it was a, a, a real battle with that lad. Um, and when he missed out on it, Andy King had to reverse the ball back to to Max O'Leary a couple of times, which he did well. And then Max kind of closed his body and just didn't get his distribution right. So, yeah, it was a little bit. It, it did feel exactly like you said, like two teams that hadn't played for four weeks. Um, and you can't you can't replicate that match. Um, attitude, I guess. You know, you can train, you can have matches against your your, um, your your sort of colleagues, but it's not the same as a competitive match, is it? So, yeah. I also think, Matt, that the um, the bench didn't seem to get going in the first fifteen I, minutes either. I, yeah, I said to you, didn't I? There was a, I mean, Rotherham's manager, Matty Taylor, not our Matty Taylor, um, or ex our Matty Taylor. <laughs> um, he he spent the entire game, didn't he, in the technical area. Um, and it's quite quite an unusual ground, Rotherham, in terms of there's quite a gap between the two technical areas. Mm. So you know there's there's no kind of in, interaction there. But yeah, it, it probably took a good 10, 15 minutes plus before we saw any of of our sort of coaching team. And I can't recall seeing Nigel Pearson getting up too much at all. It was more Yule and um, and Curtis Fleming, wasn't it? But yeah, it, it felt at times as though they needed that. Um, that direction yeah a bit of instruction yeah okay into the 14th minute and it was kind of against a run, run of play it was a, a throw in from campering a decent decent length throw in uh great strength from naki wells on the touchline he gets away from his man takes a few touches whips across in at pace and it's turned in by wes hardin tom for an own goal and it was out of nowhere and there was no one around him either no um well we we just kept hammering that left-hand channel, especially in the first half. And then we still kept trying to play the cutbacks, wasn't it, across the goal. There was a chance later on. I can't remember who it fell to, but um, sorry, the ball came in the box, but it didn't go to anybody. So look, mm. I was just trying to keep doing that. Um, slightly annoyed because I had uh, Naki Wells' first goal scorer. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, and I think he hit it that hard, no matter what happened. If he was going to touch somebody, he was going to go in the back of the net. So yeah. 1-0. Yeah, I'd have a swipe on that one. And then 24th minute, Al, there was a sliding doors moment. Naismith threads Conway through. A great run from Tommy. Great vision from Cal. And Conway pulls it back from the left, but doesn't find Scott or Wells in space. Tommy may be caught in two minds as to where he was going to go with that. Straight up the other end, Rotherham are in. Pring doesn't cut the cro cross out. He gets a bit of a touch uh, from Cuffy. And Rotherham's Ogbene heads home fairly easily for 1-1. Yeah, I mean, I said that I think that's what Tom was just alluding to. The cutback nearly found Scott and he was in loads of space. But like you said, they broke down the other side. I think I, I said to Jack, I looked too short to take a slight deflection and looped. 
Because I thought yeah. Max O'Leary should have done better, really. I thought he should have just come and taken the ball. But I didn't know whether it leaked a bit, if it got a little touch off. It print. did. It did. Yeah. Yeah. So whether that whether that caused the trajectory of the ball to spin a bit. But I, I said to Jack at the time, I thought O'Leary should just come and, even if he just punches it, may yeah. not be to catch it, just punch it out for a corner or something. But he was pretty much unmarked. Yeah. It's one of those, Matt, where, where you know, we're almost 2 0 up and uh, in control of the game, and that sucker punch equalizer comes. Was there anything for you on Vyman and Tanner in terms of picking up the man at the back? Yeah, I think they both switched off, and I think I think Nigel Pearson alluded to it that we were sort of sleeping at the back. Um, it's an interesting one with the, the Tommy Conway sort of pullback because I'm pretty sure all of us who have played to, to whatever level. When you you talk about getting the ball to the byline and the ball being cut back, you often talk about it being cut back to the penalty spot and you expect runners from the penalty spot. And that's exactly where Tommy played it. And I think he was playing it to an area as opposed to picking out the men that were there. So I'm I'm not I'm not overly critical on Tommy on that. And that's not because of the the, the Tommy loving that I've got, but um I just I just think he, he was playing it into an area where yeah. probably he would have been coming onto it. Had he probably lifted his head, and I've not, not looked back actually to see if he did look up and it was just a misplaced one. Um, but yeah, I mean, for them to break like they did, Cam got caught a little bit wrong side, didn't he? Um, did get back. And, and let's be fair, that lad was decent. Um, mm. I mean, we'll talk about it later on in the game, but the, I, th- I think Matt Taylor got it wrong for them taking him off when they did. Because yeah, he, um, yeah. he was he was causing us that he was the one causing the problems, um, but yeah, I, th- I thought both Tanner and Vyman switched off at the back. It did loop up um, again. I've not watched it back. First time I didn't think Max. I thought the ball was kind of beyond him, um, so I, I didn't kind of attribute anything to him. But yeah, I'd have to look back on it really. Yeah, real sucker punch. Yeah, and and go back to the Tommy thing as well. He, he get he gets his head down. It happened several times in in that game, and just runs. Runs at the defender, gets the byline, and and is is whipping it across, and it's it's great to see that direct. You, you've got two two of the best crosses that came in yesterday were from the, the two centre forwards, you know, <laughs> and it's like if we can get our wing backs and yeah. the midfielders when they go out wide doing that, then yeah, great. Oh, there's a good. I, I, I said I, I said to Jack yesterday. Normally, sometimes we just loop, float it to the back pace. I say you, you drill it in low and hard, like you said, they score no goal. Yep. Defenders yeah. are running back to their goal. Very, very difficult. Defend it. Yeah. Let's yeah. touch on crossing just quickly. Um, obviously, there's a great cross coming up from Alex Scott later in the game, but corners is, has been something that's been a real bugbear of mine, Matt. And yeah. Smith is a great dead ball specialist, as we know. But I think three or four, at least of his corners, were just going far too deep. Mm-hmm. But they worked on that, do you think, in terms of getting it to the back post to be headed back across? But yeah. it wasn't working. I, I guess they must have done, and it seemed as though it was Andy King who was the player at the back post. But I, I didn't get it. I mean, Matty James did a couple as well. Um, for, for me, and again, inter- interested for, you, for, for you three boys as well, what you think, but the, 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 the most difficult corner to defend is that one that's under the bar, right on the keeper for me. And we never seem to do that. Or if we do, there's no one on the keeper, so he just comes and catches it. But yeah, I agree with you yesterday. I thought I thought our corners yesterday were dreadful, absolutely dreadful. Oh, I think we are quite a small team in in height, and that was definitely apparent yesterday. Uh, so maybe that's the reason they're trying to do something slightly different. But yeah, it, it seems to be this season under hit or over hit. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. We don't, our corners are terrible. Like I said, they, they keep going at the back post. And, but if you're going to put it long, like we, like Jack plays football on Sunday, and we say, we got Keeper, we kick the ball really hard. We say, right, we don't want the ball going out for a throw in. Someone's got to recycle it. But like Matt said, you put it in the melting pot, in the six yard box, underneath the keeper. We got, I mean, I did, I thought Alex Scott should have taken more cores yesterday, but it seemed like Matty James had taken from the left hand side and Nate Smith from the yeah. other. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tom, into the 30th minute, Naismith spots the run of Conway once more, who was running the line really well, a hard and low cross into the danger zone. And it's it's Joe Williams there to tap home. I don't know if it's sort of the keeper gets a touch and it goes on to Williams and into the goal. It's all, all happened at 100 miles an hour. Even on the replay, I can't work out sort of what happened. But uh, that's why Naismith's so important and great to have him back, that he spots that run of Tommy Conway in the first place. Yeah, I thought Naismith was brilliant yesterday. Um, a little bit, you know, Naismithy, you know, at times at the back, you know, when, when we go a little bit, oh God, here we go. Bit oozy. Yeah, bit oozy. <laughs> Andy will like that one. Um, yeah, but um, it was a brilliant ball. And then literally like the chance where we had earlier, where we, um, where he put it to the penalty spot, like Matt said, he put his head up this time. He saw somebody in the box, Joe Williams. I'm like I say, I'm not too sure how it went in. I think it hit his chest or hit his, leg or fire or something like that and it rolled in but the thing that made me laugh most about when I was watching the replays he turns around to Andy Byman and starts doing Andy Byman celebration at him then <laughs> runs off yeah brilliant yeah Matt so important to get that goal so quickly after uh, six minutes after the equaliser yeah yeah it was I mean when, when you watch it back yes the ball from Naismith brilliant but obviously Tommy has to make that run but Tommy Conway's first touch yes to, to kill the ball like he does to then keep it in his feet and be able to stride onto it um, Joe Williams is very much like the West Brom goal he scored, wasn't it? Where he's kind of mm. getting into the box, doesn't doesn't seemingly know. I mean, obviously, he does know a lot about it, but doesn't seem to know too much about it in terms of a bit of a deflection or whatever. But that's what we want to see. We want to see our midfielders bursting into the box like that. So brilliant, brilliant for Joe Williams, um, and and deserving, and is only going to do his confidence the more good, isn't it as well? Do you think it it uh, breeds some confidence in players like Tommy and Naki when you've got someone like Naismith who is looking for that pass? Oh, you know, hundred percent. He arcs his run so well, and he uh, knew that Naismith would find him. Yeah, I mean, we were with, with Brian Tinian on Friday patch, and um, we were talking about obviously Scotty Murray with his his twenty five years, and and Tins used to say he, he used to be able to pick the ball and just know that he'd hit a, an area and Scotty Murray would be running onto it. And it's the same with Naismith. If you've got Wells and Conway, knowing that you've got a player at the back who's going to spot the run they're making and play that ball, I've got, you know, yes, Naismith's going to have a rick in him, and he will this season, but it's because of the way he wants to play that's going to happen. I've got no problem with that. I think he sets. Is it a coincidence we scored three goals yesterday with him back in the team? No, not at all. Oh, 33rd minute it's a, a bit of Alex Scott magic so I know we've uh you've got your shirt there so um the Scott perseverance that he showed uh going into a tackle and bringing the ball away he sat Naki Wells off um and it was a great shot with power well saved from Naki yeah yeah he did well he, 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 like you say he was tenacious in the tackle won the ball and then lovely free ball to Naki Wells yeah, no, it's fantastic. Always good to see. And I think that's why he's such a fan favourite, Tom, isn't it? That that uh, drive and energy and skill that he shows to get away from his man. Yeah, I love him. I genuinely don't think I've ever seen, well, 
apart from the big England players, but I've I've never seen a player at this level play like he does. He's I just absolutely love him when he when he brings the ball forward, does a little step over. He's just so good, and <laughs> he's, he's really really going to go to the very very top. I really really believe that. Yeah. Always and you, got, you have to remember, he's still a really young lad. Yeah, it's so, that video. Uh, that video he did last week with um, Tommy. You know when yeah. he was around. I, I was looking at, it, I was thinking, I can't believe how young they are. Yeah, and it, yeah. It, it's it's mad. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I felt old watching that. And they're that good now. Um, and I, and I know. I mean, Tins put a tweet out, didn't he, to sort of say, um, you know, four years time we'll be watching Alex Scott in the World Cup. But I don't think any of us necessarily don't think that will be the case because his upward trajectory and the way that he plays it I don't think it will be with us sadly um you never know if we if we do get to the prem but he he's got all of it and, and like Tom I, I think he you know he's got all the attributes to go to the very top and but, I agree I agree with you Tom they do look very young but as footballers if you watch them play on the pitch you you wouldn't say that they were that age. No, you, I, I, you'd never think they were, especially the way Alex Scott plays and Tommy as well, but yeah. I'd, I'd never think he was a 19-year-old lad. Okay, uh, 39th minute, a long ball forward from Pring. Conway is making a real nuisance of himself now and gets brought down and it's a yellow card and a free kick in a good position. And, and Matt, that was a, a chance where, sorry, a moment where City were coming under the cosh a bit and it was a long ball up and you just want Tommy to hold the ball up and try and win a foul because you know he's got well, up he, there by himself. Yep, he, he he had a couple, didn't he? There was one earlier on on the other side of the the, the pitch where the ref didn't give it, and he was clearly sort of battled, um, you know, sort of pushed from from behind. But he's got that in his game as well. And and again, as he becomes more of a man, that's going to improve even more. You know, his physicality and his strength is only going to improve. Um, and he's a clever player. A really clever player. He knows what to do. Um, yeah, I, I think he's uh, he's he's actually right up there now in terms of what we talk about as our sort of you know our starlets and our um, the diamonds that we've got. Tommy for me is right at the very top. Well, also you know in in the last couple of seasons, it's been right. We need Chris Martin on there to hold yeah. the ball up, uh, and I think Tommy can do that just as well, well as Chris who, Martin. And and again, and it's not a blow smoke up Brian's rear end but Brian Tinian said that when he was asked a couple of years back didn't he about or probably last season mm. you know we we needed Chris Martin replacement and he said no with Tommy Conn we can do that and he's proving right he can yeah the, the free kick was in a good position Al and it was a who's going to take this it was Naki Wells it was right foot um, and it just hits the top of the wall and goes over but it's been a while now since we've seen a free kick fly in isn't it yeah, because me and Jack were debating. He was said, "Are we just going to chip it to the back post?" Because Nathan's was there, and I said, well, "You've got to have a shot. You've got to take it on. Someone's got to take it on." Definitely. We were what, saying what like if, Wells if, or Scott. Yeah. What if the Dutch had done that, Al? <laughs> well, true, <laughs> and that's that, that, that's that. it shows, doesn't it? Though you know there are there yeah. are ways to to take free kicks and a bit clever. And I, I'd like to see us a little bit a, bit, a little bit more inventive. How often yeah. have we seen them where all we do is we, I mean, Naki Wells put his head in his hands as if it was really close, but it hit the wall. <laughs> You're kind of thinking, yeah. well, well the know, weasel, yeah. the weasel was a good 16, 17 years ago. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. The last time I remember something like that. But um, I was watching them in the warm up beforehand, and there were a number of players. I think it was James Atkinson, Naismith, all pinging the ball from 25 yards, hitting the crossbar. 
you know, four times out of five. So we've got plenty of people who are specialists at hitting, you know, a peg in the top. <laughs> yeah, hitting a crossbar. Yeah, crossbar Hit, challenge. Yeah, h- hitting a target. So yeah. I just like I just want to see someone ping one in Mickey Bell, Brian Tinian esque in you, the very near future. You probably ought to explain to our younger viewers what the weasel is. Okay. So the viewers, the, listeners, sorry. Well, if you go on our Twitter at 3PIAPC and uh type in weasel, it'll come up because it it was a goal back against Palace away in the uh what season playoff, was it? Playoff semi-final. Yes. Yes. Uh, 2006 was it? 2006, yeah, 2006 season, and um, yeah, it was a routine. I can't remember who took the actual free kick. Now was it Nobes? Maybe uh, was it him or Nick Carl? One, one of them, yeah. 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 So the ball comes yeah. across to the right, wide right. It's side footed across, and <laughs> there was about three of them lined up to bend the ball in, and it falls to Lewis Carey. And yeah, a great finish. So yeah, check that goal out on uh, on our Twitter. Um, right, 42nd minute, Andy King pulls down the striker who gets the wrong side of him and is booked, Matt. And you said you were impressed with Andy King, as we all were yesterday, but on that occasion, he just, the the player got the wrong side of, of him, if you like, and he had to sort of bring him down. Yeah, I mean, Andy King doesn't have the pace. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's entering the, not the twilight necessarily, but, you know, He's entering the, the latter knockings of his, his sort of professional career, you would imagine, and, and just doesn't have the pace. And the, the lad got the run on him. And he did what we'd want him to do in that area rather than let the lad get away. So I, you know, I'd, I'd happily take the book in there. This is a message from the Bristol City Former Players Association. Throughout last season, we brought a number of ex players back to Ashton Gate. We were pivotal in delivering celebratory events, including the Ashton Gate 8 40th anniversary, and we also celebrated the stars of the 60s who were paraded on the pitch. This season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me via email to events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk In addition, we're always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening, and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk Thank you. Halftime summary, fairly open game with both teams carrying a threat in possession, but I'd say the score is a fair reflection overall. Before we lament conceding another goal from a cross, we have to bear in mind that both ours have been from crosses too. All three were great deliveries from wide, and yet again, Conway's and Wells' understanding and link-up play is in full evidence. If we can tighten up a little in midfield and at the back, we can definitely be heading back south with the three points. With King's booking, I would not be surprised or adverse to Atkinson replacing him sooner rather than later. Definitely more goals to be had by us too. So thanks to Rob for that summary. And and Matt, it was a bit of a surprise that um, Andy King finished the game. Yeah, um, I know um, Daru, we were stood with, was sort of saying, you know, he's, he's got to be bringing Atkinson on for King. Um, if King gets a second book in, then, you know, it would be an absolute disgrace, joke of a decision. Pearson trusts King, doesn't he? And, and I think the one thing with Andy King, and, and, and actually, I was going to say, he's he's not the sort that's going to, 
jump in and get himself a second booking. But he did, didn't he, in a game last season where he pulled someone back and got sent off, I think. Um, I'm sure he did. I'm yeah. sure it was King. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess a brave move not to, but I think it goes back to, to what I said at the start, not having two left-footers there in Atkinson in um, in Naismith. Yeah. 48th minute, it was a, a question mark over a substitution or a lack of a substitution. And Andy Vyman, um, I don't quite know what happened to him. I think someone said he sort of got stamped on or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that was um, apparently, but... It was a it, yeah. It was away from where the ball was, so I wasn't actually looking. But I, all I saw was him look like he just sort of fell awkwardly or locked his knee or something. But he went down as almost as if it was a season-ending um, mm. injury. Uh, but he he goes off and Sykes is warmed up, ready to come on. And and the surprise Al was when Vyman comes back on the pitch. Yeah, because I I think I nipped down. I seen him go down. I thought, oh, I nipped down because. What you nipped down to, to give him some treatment, or? Nah, just 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 a nip to the toilet. Because <laughs> it looked quite it looked, it looked quite a serious injury. Yeah. I thought he was yeah. clutched his ankle, and you could see the anguish on his face. Yeah. And then I came back up, and Jack said, "Oh no, he, he's 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 okay. He's coming back on." I was like, "Really?" Mm. Ironically, we seen him after the game, and he was limping a bit walking to the team coach. But he had sliders on, so it could have been that bad. I figured. Wow. <laughs> I genuinely yeah, I think... thought it was an ACL type thing to start with, because it, yeah, and like you said, Patch, we we probably followed the ball and, and hadn't seen him, but he seemed to have no one near him. And so my immediate thought, probably on the back of of of, of Eamon Benarus, thinking, God, he's in, he's gone on a straight line run, gone down, he's done his ACL, and then you saw him holding his ankle, and you're thinking, right, he's twisted and done something to his ankle. But yeah, we've seen. I've seen a couple of tweets afterwards that he was stood on down his Achilles. So yeah, and, but it, and did, just, it did look like an end of gamer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just before that, Tom, there was an opportunity where where Vyman had a chance to run onto the ball in the right on the right wing position, if you like, and he he didn't go for it. So you thought there's a problem there, uh, and then and then he's on a in on the floor like a sack of spuds. Yeah, he was. Um, I saw him at the end of the first half. He was limping, but. That that what you say, and then a second later the ball went, and then he started running for it. So yeah. he must have yeah, played right. He played through the pain, but when he went down, he could hear him in the stands screaming. And I thought, oh, he's done something really serious here. Then yeah. he walked off the pitch and came back on. So I couldn't get my head around it. I was just like, oh, yeah, I he does come off. I think Nigel Pearson's Nigel Pearson's come out and said it because there was a bit of a date with him because he got injured away at Austria. So they weren't too sure right, if he was okay. going to play. Yeah, and but right, I think okay. Nigel Pearson, I read some stuff this morning that um, I think he's just twisted his ankle. But at first, they thought like you, man, it might be his Achilles or something. Yeah. But I think he's just gone over and twisted his ankle. But he's probably not going to be fit for for Saturday. I wouldn't have thought. I just Nigga thought it was a really, damage. really poor decision. Clearly, take him off. He was in agony. Why we didn't make the change when we did? Now, all right, it, it didn't cost us. But you just sort of thought, and, and a couple of the lads around us were sort of saying, yeah, but, you know, Vyman's obviously told the bench he wants to play. Most professional players will. So that's yeah. where your coaching staff and your medical staff have got to go, it's not worth it. Like, you know, there's plenty yeah. of games left for the season. Let's let's take him that's off. That's why we've got I, substitutes. Yeah, and obviously yeah. that's what happened, wasn't it? So Yeah, and it was a substitution a few minutes later. Vyman um, comes off and Sykes comes on. Um, they're... Let's get some opinion on that. So, Tom, Sykes coming on. Um, obviously, we've seen him play in that position. 
I thought for me there was an opportunity for to get Semenya on the pitch and cause some havoc down the right hand side. Yeah, I thought I would have brought Semenya on because I didn't. I really, really didn't rate Sykes yesterday. I didn't think he was particularly good. I think he was yeah, weak. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's, sorry. Um, that's hindsight. Yeah. That's hindsight. Yeah. At the yeah, time. Um, yeah. Cement, yeah. I think I probably would have brought Semenya on because you've got that power and pace down the wing, and it's good to see Semenya on the pitch. Mm. And I feel I feel he's a bit more physical, especially if we're going to be um, playing down that side of the pitch as well. Yeah. Matt, you weren't you weren't that massively surprised and if no, Semenya's a striker I, and shouldn't be I, playing right wing back. Well I'm not so I totally get what Tom's saying. Um I was at Middlesbrough away when Semenya played that role and he was the absolute I mean he was lost. He did not have a clue. Um and I didn't think yeah I, I would have made the change they did. I would have played Sykes. Um we'll talk about Sykes when we come to ratings and stuff. Um that they need to work on him because that that the player I saw yesterday and the player I've seen the last few weeks mm. is not the player that I saw the first six weeks of the season. Yeah. Uh 60th minute, the ball bounces over Pring and he lunges in and it's a yellow card for Cam Pring. That was just an awkward bounce. I think it caught caught Cam Pring out and he again has to sort of lunge in at two one up and, and make make the tackle. So no big surprise there. 67th minute, Tommy holds the ball up well and wins a free kick. And I think that was what I was alluding to earlier. He was the only player in the advanced position. Um, but yeah, it's obviously the second time that he's done that. We had a, a, a 72nd minute and Alex Scott shot well saved. That was a gift from Rotherham, a loose pass um, and a great shot from Alex Scott just on the edge of the box, Al. And it's great to see him getting his shots away. And I think I read some stats that you published, Tom, earlier. And I think City, the only team to not score from outside the box. Who's on Preston? That's from Preston, yeah. Well, so almost <laughs> almost crossed that one off, Al. Yeah. Good, good yeah, shot. It was good shot, good save yeah. for a keeper. Yeah. I thought Very it was in. Save. I thought yeah. it was in all day long. I mean, it was right sort of right behind us, Tom, wasn't it? Or we were right behind it as such. And, and you just thought he's in. Like, how's the keeper getting to that? Yeah, great yeah. save. Yeah, good save. Um, James takes a short corner to Conway. Back to James. Rolled to Alex Scott. Sends a great ball in. And it's campering in front of the defender to head home. And it is, we've spoken about this prior and the need to start varying those corner kick routines, Matt. And that was a perfect example of it working well and campering in an advanced position to get his first goal for the club. It was, wasn't it? And, and on the way in, you were saying, what was Pring doing out there that far forward? <laughs> yeah. It was like, well, no, it was a short short corner routine, wasn't it? So he was out there for the first one. But it was. The one, the one thing you'll say is, it was great delivery from Alex Scott and mm. and we, we just don't see enough of that from any of them, not just Alex, but brilliant. But for, for Pringy to be running onto it and he absolutely bulleted the header past the mm. keeper, didn't he? And it was centre of the goal. Um, I think it was beyond the keeper before he could even get his hands up. So, yeah, it was a, a, a really, really good goal. Great to see Cam get his first goal. I mean, he's a, he's a player we've often talked about on this podcast about, about how much we rate him. Mm. I think Nigel Pearson started to really start to trust him now. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and again, you know, in fairness, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. We don't see players train. There's all of that to it. But but for me, Pring is is definitely one of the names that goes on my team sheet. And he certainly starts games over Jada Silva, 100% for me. I'm going to go round the yeah. table and uh, I want you to say whether Campering's best position is left of the back three, left back, or left wing back. Okay. So Al first. I'm gonna say left wing back. Okay. Matt. I'll agree. Yeah. Although I think you can play all of them, but yeah, left wing back. Yeah. Tom. 
Yeah, you can play all three, but left wing back for me. Okay, good. Right, and and yourself? Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. Um, as you say, though, he's he can stand in in any of those positions, but I, I'm, I'd love to see him advance. There was advance and then the pitch. I don't know what minute it was, Patch, but there was one ball that he put in cross, kind of on the run, absolutely whipped across, 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 across. Um, which, yeah, that, that's what you want to see your wing backs doing, wouldn't it? And that that's where the other side with Vyman, you just. He's wasted there, isn't he? He's just—I mean, I know at the moment he's he's covering that position because Wilson's not not available. But you just don't see Andy Vyman. You don't get enough out of him there. Exactly. Okay. Uh, right. Seventy-third minute. Naki Wells comes off. Antoine Semenyo comes on, and you know we heard Nigel Pearson talking in the press conference about is Semenyo going to get some time off and a rest after his World Cup journey, if you like, and he absolutely said no. No, he's not. He's coming straight back into the team. I was surprised to see to see him there personally, but uh, the, the fact that he's come on um, was great to see. And he was involved in a few attacking positions, attacking situations, as Nigel Pearson calls it. But he's going to take a little bit of time to to get back up to speed. I think in terms of um, you know he had a few minutes in the World Cup. We saw him have that that opportunity, but it's been you know minutes for for Semenyo. And a long, a long journey for him in terms of geographically, and must have been a bit of an emotional roller coaster for him, Matt. Yeah, definitely. Um, look, Antoine is is a quality, quality player. We know that. I think Andy King came out in the week and said that on his day, he's the best player in the championship, which is a pretty bold statement to make, isn't it? Um, he sees him week in, week out. But Antoine, for me, as um, reverted back a little bit to, to how he was not when he first came in the team but you know slashing its shots not getting the ball under control first time around um, yeah he probably just needs to have a little sit down look at back some of the footage where he was you know Fulham away and stuff like that but I mean he's a great player in it so to have him back when you saw when you saw him go one on one with the defender towards the end of end of the game, you know the the Semenyo of whenever it was three six months ago would have taken the man on and blasted it into the into the goal. It just I think it just came too soon, Al, didn't it? And maybe for him, yeah, yeah. Because I said to Jack, I said just get. I think there was another. That might have been the one. There was another one when he, he got past him. I thought normally he just rifled that yeah. into the bottom corner, like Matt said, full him away. Mm. He got, got past that defender and he just rifled it with his left foot. Yeah, a couple of opportunities for Max. Yeah. For for Max, for Ant- Antoine. Um, another corner from Naismith is too deep on the 75th minute. Sam Bell comes on for Tommy Conway. Good to see him getting some minutes. Uh, a real opportunity uh, for him to show what he can do. And yeah, I think... I think he had one sort of attack, Tom, didn't he? And it it just seemed to almost run out of pace. Yeah, I thought I thought Sam Bell was really, really good yesterday. He came on, he won the ball um in the attacking sort of areas and off the defenders and he was running. He, he was running really, really well with the ball. I thought I thought he was great yesterday. He was just maybe lacking a little bit towards the end, but I, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, he used to he did, did some good pressing. He went, he, like yeah. you say, pressed the defender, won, won the ball off him. Yeah, did great really running from him and Semenyo. And 
we desperately want Sam Bell to succeed, Matt, in terms of getting him on, getting some game time, seeing what we've seen from him in the under 21s. Uh, obviously, at some point, that relationship with Tommy Conway will will hopefully be seen in the in the Bristol City first team. But uh, your thoughts, your overriding thoughts on on Sam Bell? We've seen flashes of him over the last couple of years in in all sorts of positions. Um, what do you think needs to happen with Sam? For me, Sam looks like a youngster who gets, which I know is that's what he is, but gets chucked in. Um, I disagree with the boys a little bit yesterday. Um, I thought he was running around without the um, the discipline um, at times. I thought he was just literally kind of chasing and trying to close down a little bit like a Jack Russell that is running after the ball. Um, I genuinely, genuinely believe with Sam Bell that he needs a January loan to play for five months of League One football at a club where he's going to play. Um, and I think that will stand him in good stead. I'm not sure that coming on from the bench for, for 10, 15 minutes is going to do very much for him in his development. So I would I would definitely be looking to learn Sam Ballet. Okay. Yeah, right. Jack, Jack, Jack thought he was quite small. He looked quite small when he came on. Jack's yeah. always small. Yeah, probably it's, is a good idea to put him on lead. It's, it's an interesting one, Al, because we, we were talking again to Tins about it and, and Tins was saying how over the last year or whatever, they've kind of gone, oh, Sam Bell's ahead of Tommy Conway or Tommy Conway's ahead of Sam Bell. Morning, Jack. Um, and it's a little, all, a li- all a little bit like that. Um, whereas, you know, for, for me at the moment, and it's, it's absolutely not a slight on Sam Bell because he's not had those same opportunities. Um, you know, he's he was played at right wing back, wasn't he, in one game yeah. in oh, God, two yeah. games. Um, so yeah, I I think he he needs a good loan spell as sort of Riley Taylor's getting at the moment, that kind of spell. You don't want him going and not playing, mm. but yeah, I just think he needs that development. How old okay. is Sam Bell? I think he's around the same age, isn't he? Yeah. Is he 19? I think. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. He's still got like a lot look as like Alan was saying, um, he's 20. Small, but yeah. no, he's still got a little bit of growing room. Then, oh yeah, so, and you've yeah. seen, you've seen. I, I think you've yeah. seen that this season. You've seen mm. him develop physically, um, and it's a little bit. <clears throat> they, they did it with it was Antoine, wasn't it? When Antoine got injured, um, and they talked about he he studied videos, he worked on it. Brian was saying about Eamon had spent a load of time in the gym, and sadly, but ironically, was looking physically really, really strong and bulked up. They were so impressed with him on the training. And I think Sam just needs that physical development. And you, you only get a lot of that when you're playing against, mm. you know, Arias, Blokes. Don't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. The last 10 minutes, there was um, three dangerous attacks from Rotherham. We're three one up and you just think it's so, so nice to win by two goals and not have that squeaky bum five minutes injury times. Um, and there was a particular say from Max O'Leary that uh, was very pleasing on the eye. Um, and it was one where he sort of, uh, you know, reached up to his right and, and hooked the ball away. But there was another couple of saves in there as well. So really important 10 minutes from Max O'Leary. And we'll come on to the ratings um, now, Matt, if that's all right. And we'll start with Max because he did make some great saves, but the distribution... Uh, was was qu- coming into question throughout the game. It just, I, I, I said with his it, feet, I should say. Yeah, yeah, I've said it. I just felt he was closing his body a lot of the time when the ball came to him, and so he was hitting everything left. Very, um, a la Frankie Fielding, wasn't it? Where it all seemed to go left and at eight. But, um, I, I, 
I counteracted that with, he made a couple of good saves. I thought he he punched really well. There were a couple of corners that came in where he, he was able to sort of, you know, see it out of the danger zone. So so for me, I went six for Max. Um, I kind of counteracted the two, yeah. Okay, jump in, boys, if you've got a challenge on that. But if, you, if you're happy with Max, then uh, he'll go on to the next one. Yep. Um, so the back three, so I'll go um, George Tanner, first of all. So... George was an interesting one. I, w- I went six, and then when we were talking about it on the way back in the car patch, weren't we? He kind of, you didn't really notice him that much. I, th- I think he got into a number of good defensive positions, which is sometimes I'm not a good sure thing. Isn't it? Going, f- yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, and that, that's kind of why I've said it. I went six, but actually, I don't know whether that should have been a seven. I don't know. I'm not sure he did enough um, going forward. So again, it, it was a solid, a solid six for me for him. Um, the other two, um, so Naismith, um, I went seven. I thought Naismith was, was like Tom said, I thought he was excellent yesterday. Um, so much of the play going forward comes from him. Um, all the things we talked about, yes, he, he may lose the ball on occasions. He did another one of those Cruyff turns at the back, didn't he, yesterday, where the defender's on him and you kind of, your heart in your mouth moment, but he comes away with the ball. Um, and a couple of times he was, not not having a go at Max, but he was sort of saying to Max, look, yeah, Matty James is showing for the ball, play it into him for him to then get it back. So, yeah, I think he sets so much of the good stuff that, that we've got Naismith. So I went seven for Naismith. Um, the other one, Andy King. Um, I went seven and, and Andy King was very close to being my man of the match. And, and it's an interesting one with Kingy because, again, he didn't get noticed that much, but I think he is so calming back there. Um, I just thought it was a, a, another really good performance from a player that has probably only played a number of reserve games and maybe less than a handful of games in that position. Um, so yeah, I went seven for Kingy. Um, in terms of wingbacks, Campring went seven. Again, very close to man of the match. The reason... I didn't was because of um, the fact he did get a bit of a torrid 15 minute spell against that, that lad from Arsenal, Kofi um, had to take the book in on one occasion um, as well, but got his goal, which was brilliant. Um, you know, f- for me, Cam starts the games. So yeah, I went seven for Cam. Andy Vyman difficult, um, but I just don't, we're just not seeing Andy Vyman at his best and in, and it's in that position. But I think, some of that wasn't his fault. Tom alluded to it earlier. He created a lot of space at times. The ball just didn't go out there, but he just didn't really do anything. And, um, you know, it's not what we expect. So I went five for Andy. Vine. He is playing out of position, isn't he? At the end of the day. Yeah, of course he is. But you can still, you can still influence the game, can't you? You can still get on the ball. You can still, you know, drive forward and what have you. So yeah, I just, just didn't think it was a great game from Andy. Um, Centre midfield, so for, for Joe Williams and Matty James, I went two sixes. Again, kind of debated a seven for Joe. He scored as well. Um, I still don't see the dominance in midfield that I want to see from a Bristol City midfielder, sort of centrally. Um, you know, where you, you kind of, I'll, I'll go back to that had Noah performance away at Preston, but a performance where player of opposition fans are talking about him and you remember the game, you know, we'll look back at this in six weeks. You won't really remember too much about it other than Joe Williams scored, but you probably won't even remember how he scored. You know, it's one of those. So, yeah, I went two sixes for Joe and Matty. Um, Alex Scott went seven 
thought Alex, you know, again, the boys talked about it, the way that he brings the ball out at times. He's he's known as the, um, is it Jersey or Guernsey? It's Guernsey. Guernsey. Top, it? Yeah. Guernsey. He's known as the Guernsey Grealish. And you can see that at times, the way that he draws players in, gets the fouls. I thought it was a much more um, physical, disciplined performance from him yesterday. You didn't see him chucking himself to the ground yesterday. Um, and he, you know, he, he took a number of hits, didn't he? So mm. yeah, I went, I went seven for Alex. I thought, I thought it was a, a, a good performance. Uh, the two forwards um, went two sevens for both Tommy and Naki. Thought they worked their socks off. Um, Tommy ended up, um, myself, Patch, on, on the way back, agreed. We thought Tommy was man of the match, just shading it from all the ones we talked about. I just thought his work rate was was superb. Um, he puts in such a shift. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then the last one, Mark Sykes. I didn't didn't want to go to a four, um, so I went five for Mark Sykes, but I, it just wasn't a good performance. Um, I'd love someone to sit him down and just sort of talk him through the game. I know they all get videos, but um, he's he's starting to become a player that you you hear fans talking about in the stands, saying he's just not very good, and you know why is he sort of coming on and you know debating yesterday that you know potentially bringing Semenya on in a position that he just isn't accustomed to over a player like Sykes, who is, it isn't his, you know, he, he made it clear at the start of the season, didn't he, that he wanted to play up front um, or, you know, wide. And so it's not a natural position for him. But yesterday, I mean, there was one moment where he, he brought the ball through into the middle of the pitch. We're on a really good break and he just squares it straight to a Rotherham player. I don't even know what he was looking at. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it just wasn't a very good performance from him at all. And yeah, we we know he's capable of of a good performance, and we've seen Ashton Yates a number of times where he gets the ball, takes it forward number of yards, and gets a, a a cross in. But yeah, he just looked like yesterday he was sort of just going through the motions a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what Tom and um, and Al think of it, but yeah, just it just wasn't. He's not the player that, as I said, I saw at the start of the season. Tom. He had, a, he had a brilliant pre-season. I remember the f- couple of yeah. friendlies that I watched. I thought, hey, up here we go. We've got a player here. Then um, the first couple of games, like Matt said earlier, he was very good. But now I, I just don't get what his game is. I don't understand what he brings to the team. And I don't really just see... I'd like to see him in the front three, like he says, says he wants to play. But other than that, I just don't know what he does for us. Maybe an opportunity comes up for him in, I don't know, the, the, the Swansea FA Cup game or something mm. to show what he can do in that role. Um, but yeah, it's a really, really interesting one. Your view, Al? Yeah, very similar. He's frustrated, isn't he? Um, like I said, he was good at the start of the season. I went to some of the preseason friendlies. He looks quality on the ball, and then it seems like ever since he had that sending off at a red mist, he seemed to have point, gone backwards. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't yeah. know why. I mean, we, we saw him flicking the ball over defenders' heads, dragging him back and driving into the area. You don't, you don't see that at all at the moment, do you? Yeah. Okay. Hopefully and ironically, see, uh... he's he, he actually got a, his first international cap, didn't he? Within the yes. last couple of weeks, so yeah. you know he, he he should be buoyed and confident, but just not seeing it. Hopefully, we see um, some improved performances from Mark Sykes in the near future. Right, uh, Nigel Pearson. Yeah, for Nigel, um, went seven. You know, it's it's three one away. Um, we we all have our opinions on Nigel Pearson. 
but I, I, the one thing I will say is I think he is always really, really honest with his assessments. And we were listening to it back in, and I think um, Dave, Dave, said, Dave, Dave Barton said, great, great performance, great victory, or worse to that effect. And Nigel Pearson was like, well, no, it, it, it wasn't. Yeah, the result, but no, we were sloppy. We switched off. Um, so he really is one of those managers that doesn't get too high with the big results and doesn't get too low with the bad results, does he? Mm. Um, so, yeah, but 3-1 three, three away at Rotherham, you know, it's got to be as a, a minimum of seven, hasn't it? Yeah. Okay. So that takes us um, to 22 games out of 46 um, and almost halfway through the season in 16th place on 27 points. So, you know, my prediction at the start of the season was top of the bottom half. So only three points off of that. Uh, I don't know what your predictions were, Al and Tom. Al first, in terms of your expectations at the start compared to where we are now. Yeah, I was pretty much about the same. I reckon I said between 12th and 16th. Okay. That's my prediction for us to finish. Yeah. So that that's picking up a few wins, having a few losses that we should have won. That's the sort of expectation yeah. we got at the moment. Yeah. How about yourself, Tom? Uh, tenth, I've always said. I feel like we've got a good enough squad to sort of push the top half. I don't think we'll flirt with the playoffs necessarily, but I think a, a good solid tenth. But I think probably, like you say, patch top of the bottom half. Well, we're only four points off tenth. Well, there we go. It's uh, it's so close, so close. And as I, as I said, Matt, on points west the other night, you can win one and be three points off the playoffs, and lose one and be one point off the relegation zone. It's it's a really really tight league, isn't it? I mean, yeah. um, I was looking this morning. You know, West Brom is still um, in the relegation places. You know, and, it, and who would have thought that? Um, so yeah, it's. It's a tight league. We've got a couple of big games, I think. Obviously, Stoke next. We are above Stoke at the moment, but only by a point. Again, if you can win that, that keeps you above them. Obviously, them four points. It's it's fine lines. I mean, again, and I'm sorry to keep saying it, but Tins was saying on Friday, he thinks we're Did you really, know we had a, really... a podcast out on Friday yeah, yeah, with yeah. Brian Tinian? But he, he said that he, he thinks we're really, really close. He, he sees it day in, day out. Um, and actually, and it goes back to my favourite saying about the ante, but the games this season that we've chucked away where, you know, Blackpool should have been three points. We we should have come away with something at the very least at Norwich, Sheffield United. You know, there are a lot of games where we've left stuff Older out shot. there. Bracknell, yeah. <laughs> Didcot and Yateley. Winnersh. Um, so yeah, lot, lots of games that, that we should have done. So it's like, like you, I, I I do have a tendency to look over my shoulder, make sure that we're safe, and then I'm okay. That's that's always my. I I, I just don't want to not be in the championship unless it's for the Premier League. To so the thought of going back to League One just mm. fills me with dread. So yeah, I think I think it's going to be interesting, Matt. What the points is for someone to get relegated. Yeah, it's so tight. I don't. Yeah. You normally say the magic fifty mark. I'm not convinced this year. No, I agree. I agree. Um, and it is a league where absolutely anybody can beat anybody, isn't it? You know, it just is. On the yeah, flip I mean, side yeah. of that, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see, um, like the top six, how many points they get this season, and then the weather goes up as promotion and yeah, yeah, well, as well. Yeah, yeah, looking at looking at the league at the moment, you've got Burnley and Sheffield United both on forty-one, and then it's five points down to Blackburn in third. So you, they could pull away, you know, like City and Watford did back in the day, um, in that John Moore promotion season. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? They could equally go on a losing streak. So you never know. 
But yeah. right, Stoke City next Saturday. Looking forward to getting back down Ashton Gate to watch City in the Championship. Um, so roll on that. And yeah, just to say, uh, please do check out that podcast we did with Brian Tinian. It was a, a really informal conversation about a number of topics so uh yeah it's it's well worth a listen and then the last robins reunited that i did was with martin cool and kevin nugent and both had some some great stories about their time at bristol city so uh more of those to come also but for now big thank you to tom uh always a pleasure to to see you in person up in the north and you're coming down to spend christmas in bristol as well aren't you yeah, coming down for a few days over Christmas doing the Boxing Day game. I've treated myself and my better half to hospitality tickets, so I'm really looking forward to that. And if um, anybody knows any really nice restaurants to eat on Christmas Day, can you send me a DM on Twitter, please? Because we haven't actually booked in anywhere yet, and I'm <laughs> getting it might it might be a meal deal at this point. Ah, <laughs> uh, you have to definitely get something booked up, mate. If you if you can, I'm sure, I'm sure we will. Do you want to uh, give your Twitter handle so that people can yeah, invite uh, you around for yeah, Christmas yeah. Christmas lunch? Uh, uh, Tom X Roll. I won't give you my phone number, folks. Send me a DM, and I'm <laughs> I'm sure we'll be able to sort some out brilliant and um same to you al thanks for thanks for coming on and giving us that uh, account of the mascot experience for away games yeah thanks for the invite yeah, yeah magic. brilliant and matt will speak again soon but for now yep thanks for listening everybody and uh please do move on past the world cup because the championship is back i've been riding low i've been riding fast Gonna take this moment, I'm gonna make it last Cause you don't know me Don't be quick to judge Cause I tell you something, I don't care that much Don't come around here Preaching your goddamn
don't know me I ride low and fast Gonna take this moment and leave you in my bed I'm gonna keep riding Watching that little town slowly disappear 